When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. My name is John Kelly. I'm here along with my cohort in crime, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer, fresh off his trip to the great Northeast. <laughs> yes, man. I, I released a trip video of the trip on my YouTube channel. A lot of comments about the North meeting the South. Well, there are, there are a lot of people that have been upset with you for a while. For? The fact that you don't put out trip videos. Yeah, I guess it's a, a hot a hot button topic. But you know what? They what? can get over it now because you put out a trip video. <laughs> yes. So so nobody has to be upset anymore, right? That's right, man. Yeah, absolutely. You just mentioned hot button topics. Yeah. I want to talk about a hot button topic today. Oh, what a perfect segue. First, let me start off by taking a sip of my backpacker blend from Kalamazoo Coffee Company. Oh. They didn't pay me to say that. It's just... This is the coffee right here. We're actually going to talk about this in a second. And I just thought I'd give them a cheap plug because it's good coffee. And uh, probably nobody's heard of these guys except for people from like Kalamazoo. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, so here's what I want to talk about today. People go backpacking all the time. Mm-hmm. And new backpackers go out all the time. This seems like in the last year, especially when COVID hit, all of a sudden everybody wanted to be a backpacker. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting. Some of the, um, I don't know, the just the the backlash that came from some of that mm-hmm. not because people didn't want people out on on the trail or out in the backcountry but because they were doing things that were ticking people off yeah a lot of times when you start something new yeah well, if you're like me you have no idea what you're doing right and, and sometimes people learn the hard way and so i want to talk about things that tick off backpackers <laughs> Okay. That's what I want to talk about. Things that, that's what this stuff is all about. And so I want to talk about things that people do. And so the first thing I want to talk about, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mention some things mm-hmm. and get your reaction on them. And uh, we'll just kind of go from there. All right. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'll see if I can think of some too. That'd be great. Now, if you look over here, if you're watching on video right now, there is a speaker sitting in front of us, which is way too big to ever take on the trail, but it's the only Bluetooth speaker I own. Yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's it's a like, four pounder. Yeah, it's a big boy. It's heavier than some people's base weight. Um, but it's, it's just a simple, it's a Bose uh, Bluetooth speaker that I, I have here at the house that I keep in my garage so mm. I can listen to music when I'm out there working. And, uh, I know a lot of people who like to take a Bluetooth speaker out on the trail yeah. and blast their music when they're hiking. Yeah, I think I think the thought behind it is like they'll they'll take it and they'll clip it like right where you where I would put hand sanitizer, very convenient spot right. on your shoulder strap um, or on your shoulder. What do you call that? Shoulder strap? Is it just a shoulder strap? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it's on your shoulder strap, quick access, you can. Turn your Bluetooth speaker on and off, and it's right next to your ear so you can hear it. And I think that they think, well, I don't want to use headphones because I want to be able to hear everything around me, which was my thought whenever I bought, like, I bought Apple's, like, best headphones because it had that transparency mode. I was yeah. like, this would be perfect for backpacking because you can hear everything around you. But you don't, by the way, those didn't work out. no they didn't fit my ear it was weird yeah so i think they think the same thing about the speaker like oh i can still hear my music or podcast or whatever but i can hear the environment around me so it's safer safer right 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 yeah so but it plays out loud it does play out loud and i think i think what they don't realize is there are some people when they go into the backcountry they don't want to listen to any music they don't want any outside noises and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so when they hear it, it's just kind of annoying. Well, especially someone else's music. Exactly. Can I tell you a really funny story about hearing music on the trail? Yeah. Okay, last November I was down in Alabama Mm -hmm. with uh, Crow Flies Hiking. Brad from Crow Flies Hiking. It was me and him, his buddy Pyro Bill, and Josh, my buddy Josh. Mm -hmm. And the the four of us were out hiking, I think it was on Saturday, because I think we did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it was Saturday morning. 
Mm. Um, we're hiking out and this group of boy scouts comes up and one of them is literally carrying a stereo like on his shoulder and he's he's playing that old song. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. That's what's playing full blast in his stereo on his shoulder. And I wanted to be upset, but it was like a sixteen-year-old kid playing that song. You and didn't just walk over and shove the boombox off his shoulder. I was too busy laughing at the fact that's what he was listening to. And so, I mean, it was. I don't think they realized that. No, in that case, it was just funny. Mm-hmm. It was. I didn't. I didn't get upset by it. And typically, I don't get upset at that kind of stuff. But I know there are some people. Yeah. That that is really frustrating for them. Mm-hmm. Trigger warning. Really oh, and there are a lot of triggers out there for people. Just have a podcast. You'll find out just <laughs> how many things you can trigger people on, or have a YouTube channel. That's even better. I was at the. I was at Red River Gorge, and there was a Boy Scout troop, and uh, there was a ton of kids. Man, it seemed like yeah. there was thirty kids in there. And I was like, first of all, I don't know where all of them set up to camp where do you even camp oh with there's that like many people three or four campsites that they use down there i know where i know where two of them are you really gotta you gotta have a lot of space for that many people yep. and you know they're all intense oh yeah all those kids every are single one of them so whenever um like other backpackers or hikers would come through they would like yell up the line and then everybody would, they called it like a caterpillar or something. Yeah, and they'd all get out of the way so that person can go through. You go on each side of the trail. Yeah. And I was like, man, that must be really, really inconvenient for them, especially with so many people. And you're the person at the front of the line, and then everybody's moving out of the way. And then five minutes later, like someone walks past you while you're just standing there, sitting there. And as we were walking up to the front, um, there was a, an adult that had music just absolutely blaring. He had like a big Bluetooth speaker, but in the mesh part of his backpack. I have, I don't oh. remember. I have no idea what he was listening to. I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, I was just like, man, I guess this adult with these 30 kids, there was a few adults. I was like, I guess they got to have something to entertain them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's it's neat. I think it's really cool the way they teach respect like that, though. Yeah. Where the kids are like, hey, we're the big group. We need to get out of the way for just one or two people coming mm-hmm. and let them through. Because otherwise, they're going to have to wait forever for us to get through. Man, and, you'd think uh, there, there could be a way to split them up, though. I just feel like that's so many people. Uh, I, but I think when it's when you're only like say two or three adults watching like twenty kids, mm-hmm. you really don't want to split them up too much. Yeah, um, I can't imagine the liability. You know, like just the just the the future trouble that could be caused if you're not staying with all those kids. Yeah. So, but back to the the speaker thing. So, I know for me personally, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can you can play music and it doesn't bother me. Um, unless it's country music, and then we might have an issue. Because um, <laughs> I can listen to anything, but I'm not a country music fan. So, so for the speaker, I don't. For, sometimes I think it's annoying if it's somebody, especially I guess if they're in your group and it's not just in passing, right? And you have to, then I think that sometimes you might have to say something. I don't really know how. I feel like you would almost be like going full Karen. It, this may make some people angry there. Listen, I have no idea. Full Karen. You'd, you'd be going full Karen if, if there was a stranger. How do you tick off hikers? You call them Karens. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Sorry. So, I don't know how you'd even approach that. I guess you'd walk up and politely, you know, try to tell them. But really, there's no way for me to tell somebody, hey, you're listening to music out loud and creating noise pollution. And for me personally, I don't know how other people interpret it, but I kind of feel douchey. Like, I feel like I'd sound douchey. Well, I did say something to one guy. How do you do it? Well, I was hiking. It was in the gorge. It was, I was hiking out there, and this dude had his, his stereo blaring like while he's walking down the trail. He's, and he was real super nice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, he's really nice. Mm-hmm. I think I could bring this up to him and say, hey, man, just so you know, this doesn't bother me at all that you're listening to your music. Mm-hmm. But... I know there are people out here that are going to get really, really frustrated if uh, if you keep blaring your music when they're out hiking. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, some people like to just hear nature. That's why they're out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, huh. I said, you do whatever you want, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just letting you know I don't care. Like, I'm good. I can I can deal with it. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm pretty much go with the flow on stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, 
I know there are going to be other people that are going to come up on this trail. They're going to see you and they're going to be cursing your name under their breath. And I'm just like, they probably won't say anything to you, mm-hmm. but you seem like a nice guy. And so I just figured I'd give you the heads up. And he was like, I appreciate that. And he turned his music down. <laughs> he, didn't cr- he didn't turn it off, yeah. but he did turn it down. And so at least, at least he understood. Like, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the Bluetooth speakers, mm-hmm. but it's when they're blaring. Like, I don't want to be a half a mile away from somebody and hear their music. Some people also say, like, if they if they feel like they're not safe, maybe they're, like, in bear country, you know, because you, oftentimes you are making noise, especially in a, if you're on a section of trail, like, uh, Mr. Backpacking, J- Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Yes. He and I were supposed to go on the Appalachian Trail. He's been section hiking it now for a while, and he's basically up to Virginia. Yeah, right around four or 500 miles, right? Mm-hmm. He's a, well, actually, I have no clue on what the mileage is. I'm going to be honest, but I was supposed to go with him. And then the night before, he called me at like 10 o'clock and he's like, Hey, I just found out that that section of trail is closed to camping due to aggressive bear activity. And so we had to change the plan last minute. But if you're in a situation where you know there's a ton of bears around, there's a lot of scat, I yeah, mean, there's just yeah, signs yeah. of bears. And a section of trail is closed. You're probably making some noise, clapping or yelling or um, hitting your trekking poles together or something like that. Yeah. Just to make sure that you're not startling a bear. You know, it it hears you coming from a long ways away. And I think that some people in that situation also play music out loud. Mm -hmm. Is that an acceptable time to, uh, to do so? I don't know. Like I, like I said, it doesn't bother me, mm-hmm. but I do know that it, there are some people, it's a trigger. Yeah. It's a trigger. It's kind of like Donald Trump. It's a trigger. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just be honest. It's a trigger. People just get upset when they, they, they hear any music being played like that. And some people get upset when certain people's names are mentioned or, uh-huh. well, you know, but I, I just know that's a trigger for some people. For me, it doesn't really bother me too much as long as it's not too loud. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not crazy about someone blaring their music and I can't even think straight because all I hear is this blaring music. Let me ask you this. Let's see if we let's see if this triggers more people. I don't know. Oh, let's do it. So, some people, well, all the time they'll comment, especially if I have that like a AirPod in or something like that. Be like, yeah, hey, you're supposed to be out there listening to nature, blah blah blah. And you know, I'm out there hiking my hike, but they can say whatever they want. Yeah. So, is it okay? I know everybody can do whatever they want. Is it okay? You think it's fairly safe to ever use both headphones and it kind of blocks out everything? Though. That's you, bro. That's all you, man. Yeah. That's all you. Would I do it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. I mean, it just, I, I don't, I'm not going to say you can't do that. Um, I, I think, I think it is safer to have one out mm-hmm. because you do need to hear things, especially if, like, especially if you're on a combined trail, like, You've been hiking the Sheltoy Trace. I've done the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that like people ride mountain bikes. People, uh, the parts of it have ATVs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have people in horses. If you're out there with your headphones and you, you can't hear anything, they could come up behind you and you become the most annoying human being on the face of the planet because yeah. they need you to get out of the way so they can get by. Or you could get hit. Yeah. Because you don't hear somebody coming. They don't see you until the last second, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden you're hit by an ATV. Yeah, you hit one of those side-by-sides <clears throat> face-to-face coming around a corner. You're in trouble. Yeah, that's a big safety issue. So I would say, I'd say from the safety issue, I wouldn't have both headphones in. Uh-huh. Now, is that saying I've never done it? Yeah. We'll just leave it that alone. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, like... It was like, early in my backpacking career, but yes. Well, you hit on the uh, the whole, you could be the most annoying person in the world. So you, I remember one instance, um, Dixie homemade wanderlust. I remember in one of her videos, she was doing a through hike and she was stuck behind somebody and it was like this little narrow section of trail and she was stuck behind this guy for a while. I guess she was trying to be really courteous and, uh, not tap him on the shoulder or anything like that, but she couldn't get the guy's attention, even yelling at him and he's walking and he literally can't walk around. You know, oh, it's one yeah. of those spots where you can't pass somebody. Right. So that that was the first thing that came to mind whenever I asked you the question, because I saw it in her video. But the safety thing would be even more important, I think, 
than the annoying. Yeah, well, and like I said, if you don't hear what's going on and somebody does come up behind you mm-hmm. and they would like to get around, mm-hmm. I mean, there's here's the thing. I'm one of these people, like, I'm going to hike my hike regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I'm with you, if you need to go faster, you go faster. I'll catch up eventually. You yeah. know, like, I'll find you. We're, we're going to the same place, so we're all good. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, uh, I've said this many times before. I kind of like to hike by myself. I'm mm-hmm. not a person who really hikes in groups much. There's times I enjoy it. Like when I went to uh, Pictured Rocks. Yeah. That was fun hiking with people. But there were even times there where I just wanted to hike by myself. Sure. Um, but if someone comes up behind me and they want to go around, I'm not going to be offended. It's kind of like that guy who's on the interstate, has to drive in the left-hand lane. Oh, the And then left if you lane get on blockers. the right lane to pass him, he yeah. speeds up so you can't get around him, even though he was driving 10 miles an hour slower than that, just literally two seconds before that. Yeah. You know that guy? The left lane blocker. I man. hate that guy. Uh, yeah. I hate that guy. Like, <laughs> as much as I'm allowed to hate somebody, I hate that guy. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, but I'm not that kind of a backpacker. I'm not going to be, like, a person who has to, like... I want people to have fun. I don't want to get in the way of somebody else's enjoyment. So mm-hmm. I have no problem getting out of the way. That is an odd one. People that, that don't want you to pass. I've never really. So there's like a certain etiquette kind of on trail, right? So the more that you're, I guess, around backpacking, the the more things that you see and the more experiences you have and you see where you're comfortable and how other people are comfortable. Right. The passing thing is an odd one. Some people get super super annoyed on the uh the uphill downhill stuff yeah. on the passing i think as far as i know if you're going uphill you typically have the right of way supposed to i mean that's yeah. that's what they say but i know for me sometimes mm-hmm. if i've got a bad uphill like yeah. it's just a really like steep grade mm-hmm. um i have no problem getting out of the way of somebody else for a minute you know yeah. what i mean like you guys go i can take the breather <laughs> or a go group. on down yeah. It's, now, if, if there's a big have, group, I don't want to. I don't want them to all get out of the way. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you, I'm just like, you guys go ahead. I'm good. Yeah, you could have ten people coming downhill and one person going up. Yeah, and it's it's kind of circumstantial. I think you can't really expect all those people, but some people live live by it. Some people live by the rules, man. Oh man, I have I love I've, I've run into people like that where you're going uphill. Uh huh. They're coming down. You get off. Like no, no, no. People going uphill go first. What? I, I actually had a. It was an older guy. He was probably in his late fifties, early sixties, uh-huh. and he was just like, "Like, I was like, go ahead, sir." And he goes, "No, no, 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 no. You're going uphill. You get to go." I'm like, "Okay, extremely cool. courteous." Like, I was like, "I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to fight with him about it." But, you know, I was kind of looking forward to the break, but it was okay with me. I'm like, I, "I'm fine either way. I'll just go past you and stop later on." You know, it's all good. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, he was really hardcore about it, man. This guy was like, "You, you are going to go." Well. So some people love rules. Got another one. Yeah. Got another one that people get annoyed by. All right. And it's in this little thing right here. Yeah. Okay. Look, for those that are just um they're just listening, he's got uh, basically a man purse. Well, it's a case. It is not a purse. I would never just walk around with this. It looks like a man purse. It's got a zipper around it. And but inside oh. of it is my drone. Oh. Now let's just talk about these for a second. Oh my, I think there's some laws against these things. Don't you have like a pilot license or something? Okay, about? so so the way these work, they cannot be used in any national parks. Yeah. It's illegal to use them in any national parks. A lot of state forests and state parks will allow you to use them. Uh-huh. Some you have to uh, contact them in advance to get a permit. Uh-huh. Um, you can fly them wherever you want. As long as it's a legal place to fly them, you can uh-huh. fly them. In order to put video online, uh-huh. you have to have what they call a 107 a Rec 107 license. That sounds like a government permit. It is, brother. It is. But it just says that you can use it to make money. Yeah. And they're really gray on it. So basically, if you put out any videos on a YouTube platform or anything like that, that's mm-hmm. considered you're doing it to make money. Even if you aren't monetized. It's a really weird... I, I don't want to get into... That could be a whole episode by itself. Yeah. But uh, so you, you have to have a license to put video out, uh-huh. which a lot of our backpacking friends don't. And I hope they don't get busted because some dude got busted for like $180,000 from what? the government for stuff. So What? Which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So we just, like I said, we could go a whole episode on that, but it has nothing to do with backpacking. But, but some people do not like seeing these out on the trail. They just simply don't like seeing them. They're annoyed by them because of the noise they make. Um, they just find them to be a real distraction. I think the noise is annoying on the loud ones. I never heard this one. It's loud. But it, it's like, bzzz, you know, it sounds like a thousand bees all at once. 
This one sounds like a thousand really manly, beastly bees. That's what this one sounds like. That sounds like a bunch of little worker bees. This sounds like the warrior bees. Like it's, it's umphy. Is that a word? Umphy. I don't think so, don't but think I'll is, allow but, it. Okay, cool. But yeah, this it, it is loud. I mean, they all are. The, even the little ones have a lot of noise to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually got a blood blister on my finger where uh, I was flying this, and one of the propellers got bent, so it just flew sideways into a wall. Oh. And I had to grab it while the propellers were still spinning, and it popped me right here in my finger. Oh. So what those propellers made it just plastic. They're plastic, but they're going like I don't know how many miles an hour, but it's stupid fast yeah so but yeah so what i mean what are your thoughts on the drones out on the trail well the the whole money aspect of it i don't really care you would think that that would really only apply if you were doing like a legit business not that youtube isn't legit business but i'm thinking something more like hey i'm working in real estate flying over property with the drone so i can get shots for realtor.com right or whatever but i don't know i know um to name some names i know jason wish has one i know tim watson has one and i've seen i don't know tim if watson seen... actually put a video out about getting his license oh i didn't yeah, know that he actually put one out about getting his 107 license yeah i've seen jason i know that we went on a trip and he got some footage before any of us got there with a drone other than that, I don't really see a whole lot. I think that it's becoming a lot more mainstream because yeah. you can go to Walmart. The cheaper it becomes, you know, the more accessible it is. Right. You know, kids will get them and all that kind of stuff. We have a like a robotics team or engineering or something like that at work. I'm a teacher for those that don't know, and they which have, means he's not working for the next two months. So <laughs> uh, now I go back to That's work a month in two and weeks a half. Now. A month and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Going back to work in July? End of July. It's always the end of July. Oh wow. Yeah, you gotta do a bunch of like trainings and that kind Dude, of stuff. Dude, we haven't we haven't done a single overnight during this entire summer. Well, I'm still open, man. We gotta make that happen. Yeah. So okay. anyway, there's a club or, or whatever, a class, some kind of competition, something like that at work. And the the school or whoever's in charge of that bought a number of those several of the drones yeah and they fly them so the cheaper they get the more mainstream the more you're gonna you're gonna see them which probably means more regulations which is why i'm really glad uh, even though i have a drone and i want to be able to use it Mm -hmm. i'm really glad that national parks and places like that it's it's a no-fly zone and why uh it just means that people who want to see these scenic places Mm -hmm. aren't gonna have to deal with 850 drones flying around so what, because those are the most popular places to backpack gotcha. in the country. And yeah. so there's going to be more people there. Well, if drones are legal, that means there's going to be more drones there also. Which so, means you're not going to be able to hike anywhere without hearing up above your head the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's even being a person who owns a drone and would love to go out to, say, Hanson's Point uh-huh. or Oxier Ridge at Red River Gorge and fly a drone out over top of that and get really cool footage. I can't. It's illegal. Well, I think there's a ton of great things about the drone, especially when it comes to gathering some super cool footage. Plus, it's probably fun to to drive it around. Oh, it's a lot of fun, yeah. It's like an RC car. Not when you fly it into a wall, but other than that, it's great. (laughs) But there's there's a lot of bad things about it, too. I'll tell you a, a little story about my experience with the drone. We moved into um, this this new house like f- five years ago. Not a new house, but it was new to me. It's a beautiful house. And thank you. And some somebody, one of our neighbors or somebody, was flying a drone. And like I'm sitting on the back porch, so first the buzzing is annoying, but second I'm like I'm sitting here and it feels kind of invasive. You know, I can put up a privacy fence, but if my neighbor and this isn't the case. I don't think it was my next door neighbor, but somebody around the subdivision was flying a drone. And I'm like, I have no, like they can put that right over me and watch exactly what I'm doing if it has a camera, which it might not. I yeah. don't know. Well, I know. think all of them pretty much have cameras at this point. Yeah, probably. So this is like five years ago. So I assume it had a camera then. And I'm like, they could, not that they care what I'm doing. They probably could literally care less because I don't. I don't care what they're doing. I'm not. Gonna I don't know. You are Jeremiah Stringer. <laughs> you know, twenty thousand subs on the Instagram or on the YouTube's. Well, I don't think they'd care what I was doing, but it still felt a little bit weird and a little bit invasive because I can't. 
not that you have anything to hide, but you still want your privacy right. as a person, especially at your own house. So, you know, I've heard of other people like shooting them, shooting toward them or hitting them with a shotgun. Yeah. Because, you know, where I live in rural Kentucky, you know, people take their privacy. I'm sure all over the world oh, they yeah. do. Yeah. But people take their privacy very seriously and they have signs all over the place and they're loaded. Well, I know. You know? When I fly mine, um, I, I fly it. I've got a friend's house that I mm-hmm. fly it at, and he, he lives in a neighborhood that's not even built yet. Like he's one of like three houses in the entire neighborhood. Yeah. So I fly out there quite a bit. Uh, always make sure I get his his uh, his permission before I come out. And uh, then I've got uh, this ballpark out on the end of town. And whenever there's nobody out there playing ball, there's mm-hmm. no games going on. I'll take it out there because there's nobody out there, and so I can just practice flying it out there. And then there's a parking lot on the end of town when business is over in the afternoon. It's just a mm-hmm. wide open space. There's a really cool water tower. You can go up and get a really cool shot of the whole city. Um, that kind of stuff. So those are three places I can go where I'm not affecting people. But I think people in the backpacking world get triggered because they just want to hike. <laughs> yeah. And and there's also the fear too. Like what if this person doesn't know what they're doing and that thing like catches on something and you know, or they hit you with yeah the, yeah you get drone. hit with something or you know it's just I've seen guys who are really good at flying these and I've mm-hmm. seen people who are not really good at flying these I've seen some uh, mm-hmm. YouTubers and stuff like crazy good with them yeah. people like like Peter McKinnon he's all about the all the photography and stuff well I was gonna say Maddie Hapoya like Maddie Potato Jet yeah. all those guys well yeah Potato Jet's really good too him yeah. and Maddie are the really the ones I noticed that are really good like they can fly between like lats in a in a fence like they can go right between yeah. the slats i saw him fly one through a car yes. like through a jeep in the yeah. desert yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean those guys they're insane pilots but, but if they that was the, me they also do the fpv drones where you've got the, the oh glass, the, goggles? the goggles on yeah, they have race i don't know if they do the races i've watched those races there's people that do i've seen them on espn oh once. they're awesome i love watching those but if if i were doing that i would take somebody's eye out you know oh, I i'd would, be terrible i would my drone wouldn't make it <laughs> Destroyed. I would be that. That would be like a this. This is about a six hundred fifty dollar drone. That would be a six hundred fifty dollar paperweight <laughs> in about five minutes flat. I was gonna ask you, like, you can buy some cheaper ones at Walmart. I think anywhere from whatever three hundred to an infinite amount of money on these things. Right, right. I don't know about the cheaper ones, but this one I assume is like mid tier. What's the camera quality like on those? And can you change them out? Do they like make them? Now, I don't know if you can change GoPro? the camera out on this one, but this one's got 4K and it's pretty good. Mm. It's, it's good 4K quality. I would put it online, but it's illegal and I don't want to get fined. Um, <laughs> so that's the only reason why I've never posted any video from yeah. it. And plus my video is pretty crappy, not because of the camera, but because I have no idea what I'm doing. So it's just like random shots of stuff and then yeah. it being herky-jerky because I don't know how to fly it. Um, wow. But no, the camera quality is fantastic. I mean, you can buy uh, a DJI uh, Mavic Mini or whatever it's called, I think, or something like that. And it's it's like $500, and it's got incredible camera quality. Well, that's a camera company, right? DJI? Mm-hmm. Actually, they're, they're, they're not really a camera company. They're more of a... Uh, I don't know, like an like an action video company because yeah, they do that's what they I mean. do like kind of like gimbals. GoPro. Yeah, they do gimbals and they do they do some cameras, but like action cams. Yeah, like GoPro is is technically a camera company. Yeah, but really, it's a niche. Yeah, it's action right? cams. Yeah, it's all about the action cam, like the three sixty cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's another thing I think that people just get really annoyed by is the uh, the drone. Yeah, I think that um, there's a ton of people right now that are listening to this that have something to say about this drone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wish I could give them a voice and hear some of the stories because I'm sure... I've only seen one on trail one time, I think. And, you know, Jason had his put up. I think he left it in the vehicle because I don't don't know how heavy they are i mean they're they're pretty heavy how about sorry. you not break my drone bro sorry i buy you another <laughs> one man i mean that would be i know tim i was we were texting in the uh in a group text and he was talking about like how oh, it'd be cool to get the shots but it's kind of heavy so i mean it'd be like carrying an extra camera so yeah. i think that uh, maybe people do a lot of them on day hikes 
or something. I seen one. We went to the Pinnacles in Berea, and it it's Pinnacle. It's like a bald. You go mm-hmm. out on the rock, and then there's a view of which one. Were you, stuff. Which one did you go to? Uh, well, I've been to both of them, but this time it was on the east one, and somebody's flying a drone around there. And the noise, the the I think the most annoying thing is the noise. Yeah, is the biggest thing because it's the buzzing from the propellers. But he was flying it around, and I was like, that's super cool. I'd like to see the shots. Yeah. But I don't like the sound. <laughs> and see, I'm a techno nerd. Uh-huh. Like, you know this about me. I like I like all, I like like all techno toys. I like mm-hmm. pressing, pressing buttons and levers and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I'm always fascinated by drones. They never really bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I own one, but they just don't, they've never really bothered me because I've always been like kind of jealous of wishing I had one so that I could do it, you know? <laughs> and so I, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I was ever like, Oh, stupid noise. Everybody else who, who's bothered by it, that's fine. It's just, for me, I'm more jealous most of the time than I am bothered by it because I just think it looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I had to register this, too. With who? The government. Well, what? Yeah, I know the government. The FAA. Oh. Um, because it's a it's a powered aircraft. So I had to, uh, I had to make sure that I, I registered it online. And it's actually got a registration number. You can see it. I'll show it to you right there. It's on the bottom of the wow, bottom of it right there. They send you that uh, stick you, on there. I had to order the stickers to oh. put on there. So basically, if anything happens to it, say uh-huh. I lose it, and somebody finds it, my yeah. address and phone number and all that stuff are on there, so they can get a hold of me and get it back to me, and I can give them a little bit of money and say thank you. What do you do? Pair that with your phone so you can see the camera? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a remote control, and it connects oh. to your phone. So. But the remote control doesn't have a screen on it. No, the phone does. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them do that. A lot of them do that. Well, yeah. Because it uses, it'll also use uh, the GPS off your phone paired with the, with the uh, drone sometimes. You just hit a button and that comes directly back to you on the remote? Yeah. It's like, hey, return yeah. home. Yeah, you or can whatever. do that. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Like Maybe sometime, we should uh, fly some, that sometime. Sometime I'll, I'll bring it out to your house and we'll, we'll fly <laughs> it and go check out your neighbor that was spying on you the one day. Let's take it to the lake, man. It'd be fun. I don't want to fly it over water. I don't feel yeah, like you don't have to fly it over the water. We can stay around the bank, but yeah. I guarantee you could get some great shots because I live like at the houseboat capital of the world. So you could take that around to uh, one of the marinas or something. It'd be fun. Yeah, get some super cool shots. It would be fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun to play too. Like it's just a lot of fun. Man, I had another um, I had another thing that uh, I don't remember what we're calling this episode. Stuff that ticks off hikers. Yeah, I had another one, but I can't remember what it well, was. Well, let me give you one. Okay. This is, and, it, and that's why I wanted to have this bag out here. Okay. Okay. This is made of the same material that your like mountain house bags and peak refuels and all that stuff are made out of. It's kind of a plastic slash foil uh-huh. that, that they make that with. We all like doing campfires, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we do at campfires with our trash? Oh, let's trigger some people. We, we burn our trash, yeah. right? We'll burn the paper. Some people really get upset if you burn that kind of material in a campfire. Yeah, I think I get where they're coming from because some of the, okay, sometimes you can make a really like strong campfire. Let's say you're car camping and your coals are eight inches deep. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, That's yeah. a hot fire. That's a hot fire. It's pretty much going to burn anything. You're making breakfast the next day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you just stir it around a little bit and you have a full Pledge fire all over again. That was the trip to Michigan, dude. Every morning, all we did was move stuff around, put wood in it, and start right back up. Yeah, so if you had a big fire, super hot fire, then I don't think it'd be an issue at all burning anything, right? right like, you right. could throw a beer can in there, and it's going to melt it. Oh, yeah. Destroy it. Yes. So, one, I don't know what what that exactly does environmental-wise. I have right. no idea. Right. I'm not educated enough to know that if we have so, so, if everybody would stop doing that, then it would do this, this, and this in the next 20 years for our atmosphere, and that has this effect, and blah, blah, blah. I have no idea. Right. But I think that people see it, and a lot of times, if you like burn a mountain house uh, bag or something like that, something that's a little thicker or has the silver in it, which I don't know what it's made of, then it doesn't burn all the way. You know, and then somebody comes up and they say, Oh, somebody's burning their trash in here, and then I think I think it actually comes down to the plastics that are in it. I think it's the it's the toxins that are in it that get into the air when you burn it. 
it's kind of like when you burn styrofoam. Mm-hmm. That smoke that comes up from the styrofoam is very toxic. Yeah, It's just not good for the environment. And I think what ticks people off isn't the fact you're burning your trash, it's you're burning that trash. You know, it's the idea that you're burning something that is putting toxins into the air mm-hmm. and is really bad for the air quality. So how are you supposed you. to know? Like, when is it, is it okay for me to burn toilet paper, but not uh, like a grocery bag? Is it okay for me to burn, you know, like a, people used to, they used to take these guidebooks, right? Like you did the AT and a cell phone didn't exist. Right, you know, 50 right. years ago, you had a, even now, some people still use them. As I, straight use, mine up for, I use one for the Shell Toy Trace. Then you rip out the page once you're done with it. And it, it's great for toilet paper or a fire starter. Who? Toilet paper? Yeah. That is not great. for. Let's talk about the term great for a second. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk great. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if that's the case, sandpaper is great for toilet paper. Well, like, That's horrible. That's depends, terrible for toilet paper. It depends on your book, though. It's paper. It's not toilet paper. Toilet paper's thin for a reason. Well, when you don't have it's any be- toilet paper and you're in the desert and all you got to wipe with is sand, I think it makes oh, some bro. super good toilet paper. That's when the backcountry bidet becomes like <laughs> your saving grace. I'm saying like the, those Appalachian Trail guides, it was, it's a long trail. So that's a big, even if you're cramming it, like some of the books are small. Right, right. But still... It, you're carrying around an extra pound, two pounds, whatever, yeah. the whole trail. So once you're done with half the trail, half the book's gone. You rip it out as you go. Once yeah. that section's done. You haven't heard of this? No, because I kept my book. I've still got my Shell Toy Trace books, the whole well, thing. Yeah, but and the so, Shell, Shell Toy Trace, you live locally, and um, that's a great resource for you, and it's probably not as big as like a 2,000-mile trail. You know, Well, like, yes side. and no. From what I hear, like the Shell Toy Trace one is the most detailed book. That a lot of people I know have used. Yeah. It's insanely detailed. I don't know why. It just is. Like, literally, it'll say, at this rock, turn right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, every single water source, regardless of how big or small, it's on there. Who publishes? I couldn't tell you. I don't remember that stuff. But I just know it's it's a very detailed book. Almost yeah. too detailed. Like It's like gut hook. On but, steroids. Yeah, but in a, in paper in a book. Form. Yeah, but it's way more detailed. Yeah, like so, I don't have any way to, any way to explain. It. Like it would talk about water sources, uh-huh. and you would get there and you'd realize it's only a water source after a heavy rain. Like it's just, <laughs> there's yeah. like no you could see where there could be a water source there, but there there's no water there. I mean, yeah, he, but, he literally got every single possible thing on there. But how how many days would it take you to through hike it? A tip, an average person. Average person about twenty five days, probably. Okay, so let's say a month takes you a month, month and a week or something. Yeah. The Appalachian Trail or three any months, long four trail. months, six months, something like that. Yeah, five or six months, yeah. we'll say. So, you don't, that's a long time to carry all that weight. Yeah, that's true. That's why most people don't take the book. That's why they have gut hooks. I know, but it didn't exist before. Yeah, but we don't worry about those days. They're gone. Yeah, that's true. But my point still stands <laughs> that, is it okay to burn that? Well, I think it's the difference between plastic and paper. Yeah. I mean, paper is a byproduct of wood. Mm-hmm. Plastic is a byproduct of chemicals. Yeah. And I think that's where the issue is. It's the fact that when you burn paper, you're not burning chemicals. You're, when you burn plastic, that's all you're burning is chemicals. And it's, it's, it's a toxic smoke. So I think, that's, I think that's where everybody gets upset. Same thing with like aluminums and things like that. They're not meant to be burned mm-hmm. necessarily. Meant to be buried. Isn't that what we do with our trash? We bury it all? Every bit of it. Yeah, we just bury it. I thought they're supposed to be recycled. No. Have you looked up the statistics on the recycling? Yeah, I've heard it's not good. It's not. Yeah. It's not good. I, I, I'm a complete idiot, so take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Well, you are a teacher, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm really good at math. Yeah. But these socioeconomic and political issues and all this, not so much. So... We already talked about this before, so I won't beat this dead horse. But in Kentucky, where I grew up, we burned all of our trash, had a yeah. burn barrel. Yeah. You know, now we have all these recycle bins. And I'm pretty sure 
that this is the way it works. But you definitely want to fact check this if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, and don't just don't just take this as gospel. But I will fact check as we're talking. Right. I think the way it works is companies buy those recycled goods, and the things that don't get bought are just put into a landfill. I think that's. I'm pretty sure it's the way it works, and it's a very low percentage on what is actually like. We'll say you have a bin, and the only thing allowed in there is plastic bottles. You know, maybe you're at the airport. This one's for plastics. This one's for aluminum. This one's for trash, right? Waste, food, whatever. Well, all the let's say you only have plastic bottles in there, and a company, you know, they they collect all this, and then there's a hundred thousand plastic bottles. And only 20,000 of them get bought. I'm just making up these statistics. The rest of those, straight to the landfill. But I, I could be completely wrong. John's fact-checking it, but uh, it looks like... It's too many words. Yeah, it looks like it's a lot to read. I, I, don't, I, don't think we have, I don't think I have time to read and study on it while we're sitting here. Although I do see something here. Five recycling myths busted. Oh, let's hear them. Okay. I will as soon as this thing tells me that I don't have to. I can't even read it because I have to have an email. Uh, I'm not giving out my email. I'm not. I'm not going into their propaganda. They played theirself. National Geographic. Way to blow it. <laughs> you don't have a uh, subscription to Nat Geo. No, me. Either. No, I don't. Here, okay. So here's uh, is recycling worth it? Uh, Popular Mechanics investigates its economic and environmental impact. Oh, so. I would say this. Now that you've heard that title, go read it. Because I'm not going to be able to, oh, there's no chance that this is going to be read and this is going to even be any fun to listen to at this point. So, um, But I, I do think that that's the way it works. Right, right. I think that they sell those paper products, plastic products, all that back to companies. And then and I also hear that if if some of it's dirty, then they just still throw it away. Yeah. If they can't refine it. Yeah. Yeah. Like glass... Apparently, that glass you can refine. Um, aluminum, you definitely can. Yeah. Aluminum, you definitely can. But like paper, they're finding that recycling paper isn't really worth the money. It's like, it's it's not doing what they'd hoped it would do. Yeah, we could just cut down more trees, get some more paper. We, as long as we're planting more trees. <laughs> if we're not planting more trees, we need to quit cutting down trees. Let's just go, let's go there for a second. Okay, so here, okay. Another thing that ticks off hikers. Oh, here we go. Logging. Oh, in the National logging. Forests. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, I think, a hot, a hot button issue. Here in Kentucky, it is. Yeah. Because in the Daniel Boone, there are sections where loggers have come in and they've logged out areas. And I know I've, it's uh, the reason I know is because it's part of the Sheltoy Trace. Yeah. You walk past some just, Decimated. Yes. Decimated areas. Yes. And you you go by and it's just kind of heartbreaking. Because one of the things that's great, let's just shoot straight. Uh Like, I don't know about you, but when I hike, I want the payoff. I want the view. You know, it's like if I'm going to hike 12, 15 miles in a day, Mm -hmm. even I'm going to hike seven or eight miles in a day. Yeah. At some point during that hike, I want the view of something. Or I better have the most epic campsite ever. Like, I, I want one of the two. Yeah, and when you're hiking along, and all you see is chopped down forest mm-hmm. for like acres, acres of chopped down forest, it's kind of heartbreaking. Now, with that being said, I know this house doesn't exist. The place we're at right now doesn't exist without logging, mm-hmm. and I know that homes and things that, like where your paddles come from for canoes and kayaks. A lot yeah. of them that are made out of wood, they're coming from trees. Any paper or wood-based products. Yeah. So we have to we have to do it. I, uh-huh. I get that. It is sustainable actually. Logging is sustainable as as long as there's trees being planted. Uh-huh. on the back end of it. Yeah. And and new forest is growing in place of it. I mean, they even say that uh the forest fires are actually good for forests a lot of times. Yeah. Because it, it's it's dangerous and scary when it's happening but a lot of times what happens is um there was just so much overgrowth and there was so much junk on the ground from years of trees falling and branches falling and all Mm -hmm. that it cleans all that up and and new life springs up from it and and all that and i don't have all the details about it because like you i am no (laughs) science major it re-fertilizes the ground yeah those especially like the control burns yeah and those are it's necessary yeah but there are a lot of people 
that if they go by an area where there's logging going on, they mm-hmm. are angry. I feel bad about it. We were section hiking the Sheltoe, and we walked for miles. And the whole time, you're basically on a ridge, but somebody's, I don't know if it's uh, Daniel Blue National Forest and the government owns it, or it's somebody's private property. And, you know, if you own the property, you literally can just, you know, treat it however you want. So if you want to log it all out and make, I mean, lumber right now, of, as expensive. the time recording yeah, it's going back down a little bit, but it's stupid expensive. So yeah. if you're sitting there and you got, you know, a thousand acres of prime lot, I mean, you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars. You'll make a whole lot more money than what it'll cost to replant the trees. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And it's like, that's why as long as the trees are being replanted, mm-hmm. I'll never complain about it. I'll never, because we do have to have it. It's just, it's yeah. just a matter of, it's kind of like farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, my son and I were on a drive Sunday or Saturday and we were driving by this cornfield and my son goes, what's that daddy? And I said, that's corn. And then right next to the cornfield, then is soybeans. Mm-hmm. Now anybody who's done farming understands that you rotate your fields. Yeah. Can't so, grow the same crop every, you can't do that for yeah, 10 years. Yeah. You can't do it for multiple years in a row. So they rotate crops. And so uh-huh. maybe for a few years they'll grow corn and then for a few years they grow soybeans and what it does it is enriches the fuel or the fuel enriches the the land mm-hmm. with uh the soil specifically with with different nutrients that are specifically good for either the soybeans or for the corn mm-hmm. and what they do is they rotate those and so as long as it, we're not just tearing out huge sections mm-hmm. of land to the point where we lose it basically for years at a time I'm okay with it. It's just a matter of when there's so much logging that for miles, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, but like I said, it is sustainable. Even though, I mean, some people don't want to hear that. You absolutely can. I mean, a ton of the U.S.'s lumber comes from Canada. And it's because, I mean, Canada's, they have giant forests there and all their populations are in concentrated locations, right? Mm-hmm. They have these giant cities and, you know, different It's kind of like Alaska. yeah. Yeah, same thing. So you can log, you can log there as long as you are replanting, you know, at a you're getting the growth of the the new trees mm-hmm. faster than you're taking out the old ones. But, you know, this is only I feel like pretty recent because for thousands of years we didn't have so many people on earth that it was that big of an issue. Right. But right. now we have all this heavy machinery and you don't have you don't have these this big crew of guys out there with, you know, giant giant chainsaws or giant saws sawing back and forth. Now it's like, you know, this giant diesel powered equipment goes in and grabs a hold of it and cuts it and then yeah. takes it and to I, the logging area. I think that's the worst part is I actually went through while they were doing it one day. Mm-hmm. And so like this nice peaceful hike that I had was a bunch of heavy machinery. heavy machinery, like tearing down trees. <laughs> yeah, in the and, middle of nowhere. Yeah, and and it's just kind of like this, just kind of sucks. And there's also there's also the real rea- reality of of deforestation though too, mm-hmm. where like our rainforests and some of those places they're they're taking trees out, but they're not replacing them. Yeah, and the wildfires too. I yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, uh, I don't know. I read this in an article the last couple of days saying that out west. They're having record temperatures right now. I mean, Death Valley the other day was like 130 degrees. Yeah. So yeah. it dries everything out, and that makes you much more prone. They have a whole fire season. and Yeah, when lightning strikes, mm-hmm. it can set the entire forest on fire. So I think that they have like a 30% increase in wildfires out west, and it's it's likely to increase this upcoming fire season because of these record temperatures, yeah. these record highs. Yeah. I'm not really sure what I can do about that, but... Uh, that's just another another way that the deforestation happens. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is with that, a lot of times the it grows naturally from that. So that that does help, but just chopping trees down and not replacing them. That that'll that'll get me ticked off. <laughs> I have a buddy That may be my trigger. <laughs> Jeremiah, that may be my trigger. I got a buddy that he graduated um with a forestry degree and he was telling me every time we like go hiking or something, he's always pointing out all the different trees and using their Latin names. It's super cool. But I, I like to ask him about these kind of things because he knows all about right uh, forestry. 
So he's telling me about how logging and stuff is sustainable, and some people do it the right way, and some people don't. But uh, A Walk in the Woods, that book, if you haven't read it, talks a lot about how the U.S. Forest Service works, and he kind of paints it like this. The Too Long Didn't Read kind of goes, U.S. Forest Service, this isn't, this is, these aren't my words, okay? So don't get mad at me. But he's saying U.S. Forest Service, basically uh, their job is to build roads so that you can log out the forest and the government builds those roads, pays people, you know, they log out the forest, sell the lumber or use it, you know, to make stuff. And uh, that the Forest Service isn't all about conservation and, you know, there's a lot of propaganda yeah, it's like that with anything, especially when it comes to government. Which is but. why we need to get Reese Witherspoon on this podcast. Yeah, well, oh, wait she a could minute. shine. It, it's she not, could shine a light on that, right? It's not a walk in the woods, is it? Yeah, is no. that the one she was in? Uh, I don't know. Just look it up. Oh, now we got to get on the internet again, don't we? Uh, no, it's the uh, Bryson. What's his last name? I don't know. There was a movie about it. Walk in the woods. Yeah, that's not it. Oh, it's a different one. Yeah, Bryson. What's the name of the author of the book? That's that's Robert Redford, Nick Nolte, and Emma Thompson. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah. But no, I'm Bryson. talking about the book. It's Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson. Okay. I thought yeah. Bryson was his first name. I'm an idiot. What's the one that uh, Reese Witherspoon did? You had to look that up too, man. Dang, man. She, I think she did the PCT. Stuff. She did. Fake. She fake did it. Yeah. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon didn't actually do it, but the person that wrote the book. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. We got to get her out there, man. We got to get her out there. Um, Reese Witherspoon hiking movie. Let's see. It oh, is it. Wild. wild. That's what it is. Yeah. We got to get her on it. Bill Bryson. We need to get Bill Bryson on here. I tried, man. We got to keep trying. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to reach these famous people. Yeah, if any of you people know Bill Bryson, yeah. shoot us his, his digits. Or and, Reese uh, we'll Witherspoon. Yeah, if you know Reese Witherspoon, get that to us too. <laughs> that would be great. So what are some other things that tick people off out in the woods, man? Man, I was thinking around camp, but I can't remember what it was. I'll give you a good one. Camp. I'll give you a good one for around camp. People that are loud till like 2 or 3 in the morning. Oh, man, I could rant about that for hours. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like It's okay to have some fun around camp. I get mm-hmm. it. You know, 10, 11 o'clock, not a big deal. But there's this thing called Camper Midnight, and it starts at nine. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, when I started hiking, I didn't start hiking, or when I started backpacking, I should say. When I started backpacking, I didn't start doing weekend trips. Mm-hmm. I did a long trail, like I did the Shell Toy Trace. That was my first backpacking, and so for me, I'm doing between fifteen and twenty miles a day. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't even do campfires. Like I didn't make a single campfire for the first however many times I was, I was hiking. Yeah, you don't really feel like it at the end of the no. day after walking 15 miles. So my body knows at the end of a hiking day, about 9 o'clock, I'm done. Like it, It's not like I don't want to hang out with everybody. It's just I'm, mm. I'm done. And so like 9 o'clock rolls around, and I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Now, I don't always do that, but you know I'm usually the first one to bed when we go, <laughs> when we go out hiking. And it's not because I don't want to be around people. It's just at that point, my there's this trigger on me that goes... It's sleepy time. Yeah, old man John kicking I mean, in. Old man John kicking in. That's right. I'm usually the oldest or second oldest person on every trip I go on. Yeah, so. but you look the youngest. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it really confuses people though when they're like, "Why is the young guy going to bed?" And then you go, "Oh, he's like 85." And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> Bridget asked me like yesterday or the day before how old you were. Yeah. And I was like, "How old do you think he is?" She was like, "I don't know, 33, 34." That would be awesome. awesome if I was 33 or 34. I'd be younger than my wife. He's, I think he's 57. <laughs> <laughs> 57. About 10 years off, but yes. But no, yeah. I think I think uh, the people that, that want to just be loud, it's, it's not so much staying up and talking. Mm-hmm. It's the yelling and being loud and cranking music up or people that have guitars playing them loud till 2 o'clock in the morning. and that It's like, dude, for real? Yeah, I think like, that boils down to just courtesy. Yes. I think that that kind of transcends. They didn't, it's not like they just walked out in the woods and then that's when their discourtesy started. Right, right. right. It, it's, you know, they do that, I'm sure, every day. They're probably a left lane blocker. They probably are, they're probably a 45er. You know what a 45er is, right? <laughs> no, what's a 45er? Okay, a 45er is that is that one lady that, that drives 45 miles an hour in a 25, uh-huh. 45 miles an hour in a 35. <laughs> 45 miles an hour in a 45 
and 45 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. It doesn't matter how what the speed limit is. They're driving. They've got a governor on their car that allows them to only drive 45 <laughs> miles an hour. And so they're on your bumper. Yeah. Wanting to like rip you a new one because you're not driving fast enough in a residential area. But they're the ones driving in the left lane and will not let you get around when you're driving in a 55. <laughs> that that's a 45er and they are everywhere man they are everywhere and i don't like those people i feel like we're that's you- a rant buddy i could go that's that's one of my rants i'd go on that one for a while i think a, a lot of circumstantial i think since you live like in or near a larger city that you get a lot more of that because every time seems like every time i come up here we almost get in a car accident people almost hit us every time yeah i don't know but that never it almost never happens where I live, but I think it's just because the population. I don't know what the population density here is, but like my city only has like ten thousand people. Yeah, this the place There's where I live no right traffic. here is forty thousand. Yeah, so there's probably four times as much traffic. Yeah, I don't know if it's one to one ratio, but yeah, I got what you saying. Yeah, I don't know, man. All I know is those people drive me crazy. <laughs> the they 40- drive me crazy. They're forty five mile. They're forty fivers, dude. They're terrible. I don't even know what were we talking about before this. Oh. Oh, people being loud at night. Yeah, just... Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't even have a problem with people being loud till midnight. Like, I can get over that. Because mm-hmm. you know what? You're out for the weekend. You are out to have some fun. I'm not, a, I'm not a killjoy or somebody who wants to make people miserable. Yeah. But, dude, midnight? Did you not hike? Those college kids, man, they're young. They're That's young. fine. But, like, you don't have to yell. <laughs> or, or you don't have to camp near me. Just go camp somewhere <laughs> away from me. They don't. I don't think they think like that. Though. They don't. They don't. Yeah. That's why we're doing this podcast. We want them to hear it. Well, but you I've talked to long trail hikers, though. I've talked to a lot of long trail hikers. Yeah. And younger long trail hikers, uh-huh. they get it. So, like, they when they start doing weekend trips after doing a long trail, they mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. It's only weekenders who have never experienced long days on. Usually, they're people that hike maybe two or three miles. Uh-huh. And the whole point of the trip is to get to camp and be loud and obnoxious for a couple hours. Times five. I don't think it's their goal. I think they just want to have fun, man. They have you seen Max Patch? Yeah. It's shut yeah. down now. And you know why it's shut down? Because of that. Yeah. Anything that's super accessible like that, you know? Yeah. You can get a bunch of partiers. Well, that's why I've learned. I like remote campsites. Mm-hmm. I like the campsites nobody else goes to. Yeah. If it's within a mile of the trailhead, a lot of times it's really popular. But if you go like one or two more miles. Yeah. It only takes a little bit. And if it's if it's a if it's a place that like that campsite you guys told me about opposite of Oxier Ridge, mm-hmm. dude, that's a nice one. That campsite is golden. Like, y'all, y'all sit down where those two rocks are. Oh is yeah. Do you have a fire down there? Uh, no, we had the we didn't have it was like eighty five degrees. We oh, doing okay. fires way yeah. too hot. Like we it ended was up cold when I was there. Yeah, we, we ended could... up cutting our trail trip off by a day because it was just too hot. It was like in the nineties during the day. Yeah, and like hundred percent humidity. And you know, Oxia Ridge. If you go down into the valley, mm-hmm. it's a crappy climb out. Yeah, and uh, we just decided, you know what? We've been out here three days. Three days is a good trip. We don't need a fourth day. That's a great trip. So so we were like, let's go to Miguel's. And then let's go home. <laughs> those so. hot, those hot summer times, the kayaking, man. Well, that's like this weekend. I'm going to meet up with some guys, some other YouTube guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they always come in the hottest part of the year to the Red River yeah. Gorge. It's like, man, guys, why don't we go to like Wisconsin or Minnesota or something? You know, like go, yeah. go somewhere that's like cooler because well, it is freaking hot in Kentucky right now. Yeah, I think it's hot up north too, though. I think you're I right. Think, like. Well, record, I think we're just having record temperatures across the U.S. right now. I think last year, around this time, it was right around this time I went to Michigan and was camping. Yeah. And it was a lot cooler, especially, I don't know if this has something to do with it, but we were fairly close to one of the Great Lakes. Oh, yeah, and you're getting that nice, cool breeze coming off of the lake. Well, we weren't so close that you could... Like, you had to drive there if you right. wanted to swim or hang out at the beach or something. Right. But I don't know. I think that they kind of produce their own weather. So it maybe it cools it down. I'm not sure, but it was still fairly warm, you know. But yeah. it's a lot It's a lot cooler than being in Alabama or Georgia. Or- Bro, like, <laughs> this weekend, like, I told him I said I'll come do an overnight with him. I'm going to bring him some steaks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them some Kentucky love, you know? Oh, so I'm going to get some steaks and bring them out. You'll have to have a um, fire. 
Eat that steak up. Well, they can they can do the fire if I'm bringing the steaks. <laughs> That's nice. This is, this is I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna bring them some steaks and show them some love. But uh, I think uh, yeah, I'm gonna meet up with those guys this weekend. And if you're listening right now, this is it's already passed. It's already passed. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm gonna meet up with them. I'm gonna bring them some steaks. I'm just gonna hang out. But it's gonna be 89 degrees wow. during the day. 89, bro. Like that is. Hot weather. You're going to be praying for some rain. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so hot. But uh, I, I'm excited because we found that we, there's a campsite we're going to that's a lot of people know about. Very few people ever actually camp there. Mm-hmm. And where we're going is really nice. It's up uh, It's up above Indian Staircase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess technically it's not above Indian Staircase. It's across from Indian Staircase. Yeah. But a uh, really nice little area past Indian Arch. That's that there. wide open. Yeah, that yeah. real wide open campsite where everybody can kind of disperse and not hear everybody else's snores. Yeah, there's multiple campsites through there. Oh, so you can great. really disperse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know something about that. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so, well, dude, we are at an hour. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. So, uh, we got two more episodes we're doing today. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be a fun day for us. This oh, is I'm fun excited. Day. And later on today, we're actually interviewing Taysom from... Uh, outdoor vitals so that's an episode you guys can look forward to coming up outdoor vitals i just want to say this before we even talk to him they've been a sponsor of ours Mm -hmm. for past videos and everything but they have picked up their game on their gear big time yeah i mean they made okay gear before it was okay it wasn't bad but they're making like good gear now yeah like really really good gear and it's it's the kind of stuff that even though they're a cottage company Uh it doesn't feel like cottage gear I'm I'm excited to talk to Tayson, especially about this pack, the Shadowlight pack. Yeah, that they, that we both have. Yeah, I've used it quite a bit, and I have a number of questions. Yeah, and I also want to ask him. I don't know. I have to ask him uh, off air before and see how how technical he'll get with like the business side of things. I'm not. I don't really want to know about anything money wise, but I'm really curious about some logistics stuff. Yeah. So I would like to dive deep. If he's open to it. It'll be a good conversation either way. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk. He's a backpacker, man. It's going to be fun. He's a backpacker. It's going to be fun. So with that said, Jeremiah, let's let's end this thing. How's it sound? All right. So thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next go-round. Adios, folks.